There are so many paths that you can choose when entering in sync licensing. Whether you're a composer, a producer, a manager, an artist, a publisher, a label, a library, there's so many different things you can be, a songwriter, and there's a different path for each person. Our guest today is the perfect guest to talk about all this because she's done it all. So I'm super excited, let's dive in. Welcome to the License Your Music podcast, where I'm here to give you all the tools you need to license your music to film, TV, video games, trailers, ads, and more so that you can earn passive income doing something that you love to do. I'm your host, Jody Friedman. Thank you so much for stopping by and tuning in, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify or watching with me here on my YouTube channel. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you haven't been by my website, it's licenseyourmusic.com. Please come by. I've got all sorts of goodies going on over there. A lot of free stuff that you can grab. And of course, there's paid content too, like courses and training in licensing and downloads and all sorts of stuff you can be a part of, like my membership. There is no one size fits all for this. Everyone has a unique path, which is why I created an assessment and a quiz that can actually custom create a path unique to you. So come by licenseyourmusic.com, take the quiz. All the content that I create at License Your Music is geared towards guiding you and teaching you what I've learned over the past 16 years working in music licensing as a music licensing rep and also as a music supervisor and that's being on both sides of the fence as a buyer and a seller. My purpose with License Your Music is to teach you to do what I've done in a shorter amount of time. So thanks so much for listening. Our guest today is Christina Benson from Sweet on Top. Christina is a lifelong music professional who began her career with a music degree in classical vocal performance from UCI and piano lessons in her spare time under Miles Davis's sideman, Kay Agagi. After graduating, she spent time in various stints as a promoter, DJ, and publisher for the local music magazine, LA Record. Her first job in sync licensing was for Lip Sync, where she managed all the day-to-day -day operations. After many successful placements, she started her own agency and publishing company, Sweet on Top, and in the three short years since Sweet on Top was founded, her writers and artists have landed placements with major ad campaigns such as Grey Goose and St. Regis, and placements on TV shows like Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, All Rise, Outer Banks, Snowfall, Shameless, and more. Christina is also an active volunteer with the Guild of Music Supervisors, a board member with the CCC, and Sweet on Top is a member of the Association of Independent Music Publishers, AIMP. Christina, great to see you again. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I mean, we've hung out a few times. I've seen you at events. The last time we hung out, like one-on-one, -on -one, we went to sushi down here and I learned so much about you and you were, you have such a, 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 a great background. You, you've done so many things. So can you tell my listeners and our viewers more about yourself and your story and your journey? Just take us back to when you were beginning to where you are today. That is a tough question to answer. Because when I was beginning, I didn't really know I was beginning or what I was beginning. Um, I have a degree in classical vocal performance from um, the University of California. And I was training to basically be an opera singer. And then I kind of realized that that was not gonna work for a variety of reasons. And then music just sort of became a hobby for me. I was a promoter, I was a DJ. I played keyboard in a bunch of bands. And then I worked and I worked at a bank 
Then I know I, I will make the story short, I promise. Worked at a bank, then the economy collapsed. I went to grad school. And while I was getting my PhD, like I kept working, like music was sort of a fun hobby. But then when I finished my PhD from UCLA, I learned that there were really no academic jobs. And as I was sort of beating my head against the wall, trying to get academic jobs, um, people were trying to offer me jobs in the music industry. And at one point I was just like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I trying to get jobs in academia that don't exist? So I said kind of yes to the music industry job and here I am. Do you think your classical background comes into play with your day-to-day ever? It, so both the undergraduate degree and my graduate degree do come into play in that, I mean, the classical degree taught me how to read music. It taught me sort of things about harmony and arrangement that are not things that I necessarily put into practice, but I can kind of recognize certain compositional structures as a result. The graduate degree really helps me because as a publisher, like I'm responsible for so much stuff in spreadsheets, like so many spreadsheets every day. And working, I mean, when you're in graduate school for your PhD, your dissertation is a project that can take years. So working on something for a long time with an uncertain payoff at the end, like that's the music industry. So it's right. really prepared me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? So uh, any advice that you'd have, or rather maybe before we go there, why don't we hear more about your company, Sweet on Top? and some of the success success stories that you've had with your artists. Because a lot of my listeners are artists, they're producers, they're composers, and they're just wanting to get licensed. And a lot of them are looking for representation. Okay, so I started my company after I had been working, going back just a skinny bit, when I was in graduate school, one of the jobs that I had, like one of the things I did was I was a publisher of a local music magazine called LA Record. And we were really on top of things early. Like I think Moses Sumney was in our magazine, like 2014. We had, uh, I mean, Iggy Azalea was in our magazine. I emailed IggyAzalea gmail.com. Like she had no team at all. Kendrick Lamar was Khalifa, um, Anderson Pack. All these people were in our magazine before they were signed to a major, before they had, te- they had teams. We looked at the Grammy coverage, the last Grammys and every single LA artist had been an LA record before they got famous. So the first agency that I worked with for sync licensing, I was just doing A&R for a variety of reasons. There was um, a bit of turnover at that agency and an agency with turnover. My first piece of advice can be good and bad. The good thing is that if there's turnover, there's lots of room for advancement and quickly, right? Like people are leaving, you're going to move up, but often there's a reason for that turnover. Yeah. Um, so I did, I did move up pretty quickly. I went from like unofficial sort of, glorified intern slash NR to the director of that company within a couple of years. And then at some point I kind of realized that I was doing a lot for the company and I, I learned so much. I benefited so much, but it was kind of time to start my own company. So in terms of successes, I think probably the great goose ad that I got was, that was probably my first big placement. Um, great goose. And then I got a Tom and Jerry trailer recently Awesome. That was pretty sweet. Was that sweet? Uh, other- so that was sweet on top and Grey Goose yeah, was sweet cool. on top? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Grey Goose, but all, those, all this stuff I'm talking about is sweet on top. Grey Goose, uh, I mean, one of the, I think the first big artist I signed was Ashley Teasdale through a label called Big Noise. Yeah. I work with um, a couple vintage labels that are very high quality vintage labels like Ace Records. That was a huge get to work with Ace. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it's, there are a lot of little moments where I feel like it's just sort of, you get through like a gate and you're like, yes, but it's more like a sort of a cumulative 
sort of like a cumulative sort of building up of, I guess, legitimacy and ability and um, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ace Records, that's NOLA. Is that right? If I remember. No, so. Ace Records is a British label. They're oh, like different. a 50-year-old yeah. British label and they wow. have a lot of psych, uh, Northern Soul, um, stuff like that. It's it's all vintage. Sounds awesome. Any advice you have for artists that want to get licensed? They want to get that Tom and Jerry trailer or that? So I would say that an artist, if you're an artist, and I would distinguish between an artist and a writer. So if you are an artist, I think the first thing that you need to do is be really honest with yourself about what you want and why you're making music. Like, And there's no wrong answer. Like, did you start making music because you want to play on Monday Nights at the Echo and meet a bunch of cute girls? And that's totally fine. And then you're going to make one kind of music or like, did you really start making music because you wanted to get it in ads? That's totally okay too. Did you want to make music because you want um, critical acclaim because you want to speak to a small group of dedicated fans? Like, why are you making music and what do you want? Because generally there are times when there's overlap, but you're often going to have to give up a little bit of something to, to do one of those things. You know what I mean? Like I'm in a free jazz band on ubiquity records. We've been critically acclaimed. I think we're pretty good, but we're never going to get synced. Like no one is going to sync this band ever, you know? They're they're separate things, right? So you you mentioned you have to- So my first piece of advice is be honest with yourself about what you want. And you mentioned uh, maybe making a distinction between being a writer and an artist, but there's a lot of people that are singer-songwriters, which kind of makes them an artist too, right? But uh, I I think just to expand on that, it's it's also about um, being true, being honest to yourself and deciding- what's most important to you? Is it more important to, exactly. to be touring? Is it more important to make that sustainable income? You know, what's, what's, what really matters exactly. to you, right? Exactly. I mean, the other band I'm in is a band called Jail Weddings. Again, it's a great band. Like I joined this band many years after it started. I think John Waters is one of our fans. I think Crispin Glover used to go to our shows. Like it's, yeah. it's a band that's gotten a critical acclaim, but like no one, Okay, a couple indie films have synced our songs, but this is not a sync, just not a synky band. Right, right. Like, that's okay. It's not what we're doing. And that's okay <laughs> you because know? you have sync to give you income, right? So now mm-hmm. you now that you've created this income, it allows you to enjoy these other things for fun. That you still mm-hmm. you still get to scratch that that itch of being an artist and doing what you want to do, artistically speaking, because you have this other source of income. Yeah? Totally. Yeah. And if we wanted to make, if we wanted to make this band sinky, we would have to make a lot of changes Right. that I, that no one in the band wants to make, which is fine. But like, just, there are artists where there's both, where they can be sinky and they're, yeah. they're artistically credible, definitely. Um, but sometimes in some, not all, I'm going to be very careful about this. Not yeah. all, some, just the weird bands, maybe that I'm in, I don't know, but in many cases, like you, you might have to make some compromises yeah. and you just have to think like, do I want to make those compromises? And I have made compromises. I have written really crappy songs that have been in Vanderpump Rules and in Bad Girls Club and in some other reality TV show. I forget. Right. I will compromise. I do not care. No one's judging. It's fun. Totally. So when you're when you're an artist and you're making these compromises, um, you can do both, right? You can have that that band that you want to have. You can write songs for sync. And that's what I wanted to ask you. It was about all of these artists and bands that are coming out, quote unquote, artists and bands that are sync bands. They are writing specifically for sync. What are your thoughts on that? Is it effective? Uh, yes or no. And 
Like, what are know, my what, thoughts on that? Like, do I think it's good for art and for society? Or like, do you think, no, do I think no, you'll I make money if you do it? Yeah, well, but I guess all of it, all of it. What, what are your thoughts on that? Because there's been a lot of that I've seen. A lot of artists come out and, and rightfully so, they're writing for sync. They're trying to figure out the market and write songs and produce songs that fit that world. Um, does oh, that- a ton of artists yeah. do it. I mean, yeah. absolutely. And I've seen some internal communications from majors where they absolutely encourage their artists. They have their sync department work with their A&R department to A&R artists that are likely to sync. And once the artist has been signed, they try to work with the sync department to have that artist make sync friendly songs. Totally. This, I mean, and I've even seen it backwards where a, a fake band gets so much sync stuff that then they get A&R'd by a major label. And now they're a real band because they're they're making so much money as a sync band and on my own roster, I won't name names, but I've seen it happen too, where they started playing shows because they were getting so many Shazams that they sort of became a real band hmm. because of their sync successes. Now, do I think like, would I do that? Uh, fucking yes, totally. I absolutely would. I don't give a shit. I would totally do it. I have no, no artistic integrity. I don't care. Like I would totally do do it. Um, yeah. I feel like my talents are better used sending emails to supervisors than singing songs about home or whatever. Um, although I have gotten things like I, I can't do it, but I'm not, I'm, I'm better behind the computer sending emails. No one's yeah. judging. I would totally do it. I don't care. Do I think it's good for our society? No, but what are you going to do? <laughs> no, it's serving an economic need. Does that make them any less of an artist? I don't think so. I've never thought that. If you look at, I always use the the, uh, the Black Keys. You know, they were creating art first, started getting a lot of licenses, and then they started writing for Sync. And their, I think their recent album was called Car Ad or something, right? That, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that's a tough question to answer. Like, I don't, I don't think artists like MC Five or the Stooges or Velvet Underground or, um, I mean, there's a million others like that, that I, I don't know whether they've been signed to a major, like Danny Field signed MC5 and the Stooges without, I think they hadn't even recorded a record yet. These were not commercially, these would not be commercially viable today. Like Iggy has a song about how he lives on dog food because he's so poor. Um, they're totally anti-war at the time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think that's a question. I, one, who cares? Like, are you an artist or are you or not? Who? I mean, honestly, who cares? Who cares? Secondly, to who and third like are you do you have generational wealth like are you married to someone rich are you going to inherit a lot of money are you going to win the lottery if the answer to those questions are no then you need to do what you can and fuck that who cares you got to do what's, what's right for you and what works for you got to do what you got to do yeah yeah so what about some different paths that people can take i mean you know i'm i'm trying to offer a lot of different courses across multiple topics and it's taken me a lot longer than i expected uh, what are your thoughts on the different paths that people can take, artists, writers, producers? Um, I think that like my, my other piece of advice is go through whatever door opens. Like I didn't plan to be a publisher and sync licensing agent. I thought I would be more a writer, a songwriter. And then what happened was I got a few placements and then I got into a couple sessions with people who were like insanely good. And I was like, these are the good people. These are the people who really should be writing and they're very talented and that's okay. Like, turns out I'm doing really good at getting placements for people like that. So that's what I should be doing. And I'm really glad I had those experiences. I think they really helped me be a better sync agent and be a better publisher. But ultimately 
that was not the right role for me in this industry. So I would say go through whatever door opens. In terms of a path, it's really hard to say. Like there isn't one path. I think my path is kind of unconventional. Um, I I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. No, you answered. It's important. You don't leave any stone unturned. You have to. There's not one path. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a book that I like called The Outliers. Have you read that book? No, but I it's, like I like the I like it. It's about more. how you, you you spend so much time looking going one direction and looking straight ahead that usually what you actually should be looking for is already in front of you. So you you, you don't notice what's around you because you're focused on the goal. And uh, that's it, it just expand on your comment. You know, you don't leave any stone unturned. You go through every door that's open to at least have a look, see if it's right for you. I think that's brilliant and. Uh, it's, it's really great advice. So how about the best music decision that you made in your career so far? Like in terms of the best music decision I ever made. Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I mean, I guess it would be the one that I just, the one that I just talked about where I was yeah. like, I think it's good that I did write for sync and that I did land some syncs myself. I think it gives me some credibility, but I think ultimately like getting in a room with someone who was like insanely good and facing that, like asking myself hard questions and like facing that in myself was, and realizing like, I'm better at the business part. That's what I need to be doing was probably the best decision. Playing to your strengths. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How how about the lowest point, any worst music moment moment you could take us to that you just wanted to throw in the towel every day, every day, every day. I mean, I'm serious because Rachel said, yeah. Yeah. Really? So this is a sales job. (laughs) This is a hundred percent a sales job period. So like, Someday I might be slammed, slam with requests, slam with searches, slam with confirmations. And then the next day it's like crickets. And you're like, what the fuck, man, what the fuck? And you kind of want to message your colleagues and be like, is it slow for you? <laughs> slow, right? Slow for you. But like you don't, cause you're like, it's, I mean, so every day right. there's high, it's high highs and it's low lows. Yeah. And that's why you it's know? so important to get a rep so you can work on the music, I would think. Right. Or do you think, think people can do it themselves? Yeah. Yeah, you, you do need to get a rep. You do need to get a rep because, well, first of all, like there are people who are artists and bands who have lots of connections and that's great. But like one of the artists that I represent, like he's like, he's very proactive about, about trying to get connections himself. And sometimes he gets frustrated because he's not getting, he's not getting that far. And I'm, then I'll be like, do you want to switch? Do you want me to sing the songs? And you can send the emails like we can, but I think we're going to have more success if you send if you sing the songs and then I send the emails because you can't one you can't be everything to everybody two I can negotiate for someone I don't care who they are far better than they can negotiate them for themselves right I mean I got a walk-in for one of my bands where the request was for three hundred dollars for this independent film where they were asking for a billion rights and I got that to a five thousand dollar all-in request no one's going to buy a house on five thousand dollars but I will point out that I got it from three hundred dollars to five thousand dollars and I think the band doing that on their own would have had far less success than I would have yeah 100 percent if you could do it all over again is there anything you would change or would you do do it all over again would I still do this I don't know would I do this yes I would okay wait if I could do it all over again would I do this it's a hard question. If I could do it all over again, I definitely would have started my own company for sure. Yeah. I would not have gotten a PhD. That was the most downwardly mobile economic decision I've ever made in my life. Mm. Um, and I would have majored in music. Yeah. Same, yeah. same. Yeah. For anyone listening who wants to get their music to you, are you looking for submissions? Are you open to submissions? Any process you'd want to uh, point them towards for doing that? 
Yes, I'm always looking for submissions. At the moment, um, I should mention I am a sync licensing agent, but I'm also a publisher. So one of the things that I've been doing that's been very successful for everyone involved is a producer or a producer or a top liner will come to me or, or a band or whatever. Um, and I will sign a deal with them where I publish just whatever opportunities I catalyze. I catalyze these opportunities either by writing, a, like giving them a brief or by um, setting them up with a co-write or whatever, and we work together. So let's say you're an artist and you're like, I have an artist identity. I wanna keep this identity, but I wanna sync. And we will work together to get you a six song EP, whatever, five song EP, where you still very much keep your artist voice, but you're writing songs to, that will sync. And you're, you're guiding them as a publisher with the direction, the creative direction on the songs. Yes, that I, I can never promise a placement. No one can. And I say that as someone who used to even be on the supervisor side, like even the supervisor often can't promise a placement, but I can promise that if they listen to me and, you know, listen to me and take my, my advice into consideration and implement it to the best of their ability, that it will get pitched a ton. And I can point to many placements I've gotten that come from this kind of arrangement. Yeah. Let's touch on that for a minute, because there's a lot of people in my community that um, don't fully, I think, grasp what a publisher does and a good publisher at that. And what you just said, I think, is what separates the good publishers from great publishers. A great publisher will spend the time with you to develop your song, to work on the song, to get it where it's most marketable. And then when they come and ask for publishing and you say no, <laughs> it's I've, mm -hmm. I've had that happen to me many times because there's there's a lot of, I think, there's a lot of books and advice that say, don't ever give up your publishing. Don't ever give up your publishing. Yeah, I've seen that. And it's, I think that I see that on the same websites at the same Facebook groups you do. Yeah. And I feel like it's coming from a place where many songwriters that are starting are not necessarily equipped to read and understand these deal memos. Right. And so from a place of safety, they're like, just don't do it because it's tough to know like what you're getting into. Is this a fair deal? And that's why you hire a, a lawyer. And I understand that the lawyer might be 400 bucks, but you're going to make that $400 back. Yeah. Secondly, like I would agree, don't give up your publishing if you're not getting anything back. But I assure you, Lizzo has a publisher. Beyonce has a publisher. Lady Gaga has a publisher. Taylor Swift has a publisher. Billie Eilish has a publisher. Like, are these, are these people all like, what? Why would they have a publisher? Like these are some of the most famous artists on the planet who have figured out that maybe a publisher is doing something for them. So then if you're like, don't ever get a publisher, I'm like, well, good luck with that. We're not. Like, <laughs> good luck with that. I mean, there right. are there are times when it might not make sense, but if and there are deals that are not necessarily going to be the best deal for you, but if a publisher is going to work with you to create songs that they will pitch, pitch those songs and get you both money, then I'm like, why wouldn't you do that? Especially if you're other, the other thing you're doing is messing around with agencies that are taking 50% commission. Right. You know, Christina, thank you so much for spending the time with us. I think uh, this has been just a lot of fun and a great conversation. I learned a lot as always hanging with you. And uh, you know, I think our, our listeners are going to really, really love this episode. So thank you. Yay, good. Last thing, if people want to send me their music, please don't email me WAV files as attachments. That's a good rule for everybody. I'd love to get disco links, Spotify links, Dropbox links that anyone could open. I'd love to hear what your listeners are doing. I'm sure they're doing great stuff. Thanks, Christina. Thank you. Christina Benson from Sweet on Top. So great to have her. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching License Your Music and the License Your Music podcast. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify and you like what you heard or you learned something new, please leave us a review. 
That really helps us out a ton. And if you're watching with me here on YouTube, thank you. Please don't forget to subscribe and comment below. Let me know what you learned. If you learned anything new, if you, you took anything away from this episode, uh, I hope you did. I'm Jody Friedman, your host. Please come by licenseyourmusic.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at License Your Music. And make sure you come by the site because we have a lot of free stuff that we give away. We've got an, a quiz and assessment that creates a custom path for you for your music licensing success. Thank you very much for watching. Stay cool. Peace.